Do you use social media like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? I'm not so much of a fan, so I rarely do. But I ask because, well, we've weaponized what was originally meant to strengthen and build community. It's true we can use Facebook to reconnect with old friends and to build new connections. But often Twitter is used for attack pieces. People can be ruthless and cruel with their words. It's sort of like road rage, but online. Virtual fists are flying. Now, this is not a new phenomenon, but only a new method of delivering the attack. One of the marks of the work of the Spirit in our lives is transforming that anger and a use of our words to build people up rather than tear them down. Here's our scripture text for today. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. So here in this section of dealing with outsiders, Paul tells Titus that the people are not to slander anyone, but to be peaceable, to be considerate. That's the wording he uses. Yes, the thrust of the gospel is that we show respect to people. First, to those in leadership, even those we may disagree with, those that may even mistreat us. In other words, those verbal wars we find online are not called for. Yes, debate is good, and discussion can advance understanding and bring about helpful change. But there's no room for attacking others. Listen to Isaiah 53, explaining the way of the suffering servant Jesus. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Yes, Isaiah the prophet twice tells us that the suffering servant kept his mouth shut. This means more than the fact that he made no defense of himself at his trial. It means that he remained silent rather than attempting to speak with his adversaries. Now, when feeling provoked to speak into a moment of conflict, I try to ask myself three questions. First, does it need to be said? If not, then I have the answer right there. Some things should not be said, period. There are so many times I've regretted speaking a word. Now, often people today will try to goad me into speaking. They will tell me that silence is agreement with those that are wrong. But that's not true. Often, we need to do as Jesus did, not open our mouths. Second, does it need to be said by me? Even if it should be spoken, often I'm not the one to say it. Perhaps it should be spoken by a parent or a spouse. It would be better said by someone else, and in that case, I also should remain silent. And finally, does it need to be said now? If this is true, I, isn't true, then I should keep my mouth shut. There will be another time more appropriate to speak about it. And sometimes, words are never appropriate. Paul says we are never to slander, never to slander others, 
Yet often we hear slander spoken against those in authority. Slander is speaking something that is false. It is damaging to a person's reputation. We may not aim to hurt a person's reputation, but the damage is done. Also, we may not know whether something is true or not. And then it would be wise to remain silent. And I want to go back to Jesus. He did not feel the need to defend himself because he trusted himself to the Father. How might our speech be altered if we trusted the Father with our lives as well? I want to end with this passage from one of Paul's letters. This is Ephesians 4, verse 29 to 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. Paul is trying to tell us something by including that teaching about grieving the Holy Spirit. Yes, when we use our words for tearing down, that's what happens. Instead, we learn that our mouths are our most powerful gospel instrument, able to give life. Of course, this can only happen if our hearts have been changed by the gospel. And this is what we're learning about this week. Let's pray. Faithful and loving God, thank you for your truth, your word that has the power to make us wise for salvation. Teach us how to use our words to your honor and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.